Well, hello, and welcome to Journey Through the Eyes, the EMDR podcast that is here to unveil and explore the transformative power of EMDR therapy. Our mission here is to support clinicians with the critical conversations and resources about EMDR therapy and building your own private practice. And so I and my friend here, Kathy Couch, I am your host, Tamara J. Brown, and we're both here to, uh, or excited to embark on this amazing conversation with you on today. I want to hand the mic over to my host, Kathy, and let her come on and introduce herself. Hi, Tamara. Hi. <laughs> uh, so excited for this podcast to be here. Tamara and I have been working on it for a really long time. Uh, we love having these conversations. We decided that we were just having them between us. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to invite everyone to share in the topics that we're learning and talking about. Um, and so today we're just going to start by explaining EMDR. What is it? How do you explain it to the clients? And then just go from there. I absolutely love it. And so my dear friend, uh, you know that we are talking about just your experience because you've been doing uh, EMDR as a therapist longer than I have. And so I think it would be such an honor to be able to toss the hot mic over to you and just getting us started. And so talk to us, give us the deets, friend. What (laughs) the heck is EMDR? What is it? I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk a little bit about the structure of the training because it's a little more complex than going through just getting going to a training. So I also wanted to give an overview of that process through. I think that's a part that's missed. That's why I developed uh, EMDR University at Rewired 362. So I want to kind of talk about um, that. So um, let's talk about that first, and then we can talk about what EMDR is. So this is for the clinicians. So If you're a clinician looking to resolve trauma or traumatic memories and curious about EMDR, um, you go to an initial training. Tamir and I have both been initially trained in a basic training, and that's two, um, that's a six, six days. It's usually split apart in three days each. Sometimes it's on weekends, sometimes it's on weekdays, and then you have the ability to practice EMDR within those practicum settings within that training. And then You also have 10 hours of just consultation in between those basic trainings. Um, And you can be considered what's called basic trained. So that's for master's level clinicians um, who have been through that program. Then you can call yourself basic trained. You'll get a certificate. Usually there are institutions that training organizations that put on those trainings. Um, And so you'll be working with a training organization or a trainer to become EMDR trained. Once you're EMDR trained, then you can become EMDR certified. That's where I met Tamira in that journey. And my experience is it was a little disjointed with, I couldn't find a solid place to land, a consultant that I wanted to work with. People um, have have picked several consultants for different reasons. uh, And the criteria was somewhat elusive to people, right? Uh, How do I get to be certified? Really it's 20 hours of group or individual consultation, 10 of which have to be individual. You have to do some advanced trainings and have some peers recommendation letters and work with either a consultant in training or an approved consultant to get those hours. Once that's done, you can be you can work with a trainer. So that's working with patients. That's consultation working with patients, right? 
you come to me and say, I have this patient struggling with substance abuse or grief or trauma, you know, they have this dissociate episode, what do I do? So the certification is the skills for that, um, that framework, that market. And then um, the consultation program is for people who want to teach others how to do it. Me as being a natural teacher, um, working in a university for 10 years, you know, I love doing that. And so then I've developed the other program where you can work in groups and provide consultation, and then you can become an approved consultant, offer your own trainings, and then you have to be those before you're a basic trainer. So I say you have to teach in the bachelor's program before you can teach in the master's program. So that's kind of the structure um, there. And I'm walking Tamira kind of through that process. Um, yeah, and I, and I really appreciate you kind of breaking that down because I think that part is important, right? Because I think that um, EMDR in my own philosophy is just in fact that it is a journey. Okay. And you are, you and I have really met our worlds have collided because of the amazing EMDR journey and getting started. And I think that you did a great job in talking about how we actually get our feet wet, right. Which is participating in those trainings, which is a whole experience all in itself. Okay. Yes. It almost feels like going back to school. You, if you can remember when you were trying to pick out what you were going to go to college for, <laughs> like, you know, all these things. And so we thank you so much, Kathy, for you know really highlighting that that the 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 idea, whether you're a clinician or someone uh, who is looking to get trained in it, that you have an expectation and knowing what to kind of look for because it is a journey for both the clinician and the client, right? Yeah, and find out, you know, my recommendation is whether it's myself or Tamira, whatever consultant you're with, make sure that they're a good fit with you as a, as a clinician. Uh, make sure that they support your learning goals, that they really teach you about EMDR. And the whole idea is that there's this broader realm of opportunities and what's kind of presented at basic training, which it should be. Basic training is focused on the intervention, the protocol, um, which Francine Shapiro sort of um, developed. And then these other, you know, beyond Amdria, beyond um, these organizations, what I'm trying to do is help clinicians be business owners and help them with their entrepreneurship skills. Because as you're a consultant offering these services, it's kind of like, how do I create a business around this, right? And what's my market or what's my niche? So that's kind of for the provider side, how that looks. And if you're a a patient, you know, you can ask those questions. Are you just basic trained? Are you certified? Which will tell you as a patient, they've done the hours, they've done the work to be able to get that certification. Are you a consultant? Do you teach others? Or are you a trainer? Do you train others? And that'll just give you a really good idea of what level of skill you're working with. I've had several patients come to me and say, oh, they just did that little safe place exercise and we were done and it worked or it didn't work, which is one of the protocols in the basic training. Once you get to be advanced, you can adapt those trainings to meet the patient, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that's really powerful that, first of all, Rewired 360 does, in fact, help guide new clinicians through the EMDR journey because however powerful, however uh, impactful, 
right? It still is a lot of journey that if you are an EMDR aspiring or aspiring EMDR therapist, so just in the EMDR therapist, maybe you have, you know, someone who's listening who has gone through the journey and feeling like, oh, I'm kind of lost in this limbo or trying to find a good place to land. I have found that Rewired 360 has been, I mean, definitely a game changer. <laughs> and if I can say this, right, it's really helped me to press pause on trying to be out in the sea of searching. Right? Yeah. It's like just when, like, where did I go? Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, Kathy. And a great I'm way to put it. It does sometimes feel like a sea. So after you're, basic trained you can choose a consultant right some consultants say um no you can't go somewhere else some say you're not really ready um and I'm more of a learner like what are your goals what do you want to accomplish how do I get you there I'm a companion and that's what I found was missing in the marketplace there and so I want to talk a little bit about when you go to EMT or basic training what you <laughs> It's a mission, not a training, right? I've been to several trainings, DBT, TFCBT, refocus trainings. And a lot of us, by the time we get to EMDR as clinicians, right, we've had all these trainings. And so when I when I went to this training, I, had, I ran a trauma-informed substance abuse program. And I just felt like people's brains were leaving open. Like I just... And that is what we call an EMDR resourcing. They didn't have the skills to mitigate the distress. And I didn't know what to do. <clears throat> so when I found EMDR, because I knew I loved trauma, I had been working with grievers for a really long time. And I was like, oh, I really get this now. We're working on the exact memory. And, you know, it's the other thing I want to mention as a clinician going into basic training, be very mindful of self-care, right? Maybe Tamira has some experience. I know I had an experience I was just exhausted after those three days. Sometimes mine's more on the weekends. So I went back to clinical work on Monday and was like, oh, I am so exhausted, right? And so just knowing that going into EMDR training, what to know before training, we can talk a little bit about, and then we'll talk about the EMDR training itself. Do you have any input there, Tamara? You know, for, well, I think that you, you highlighted something that is really important that number one, when you, if you are a, an aspiring EMDR therapist, right, either a trained one or you want to get fully certified in it. And when you do go into those weekends, I know for me, Kathy, I did, I had to do the two weekends so right. for over a weekend period. And um, the thing that I loved about it was the fact that we had to experience EMDR ourselves. So it really helped me. And I cannot wait for our future conversation on this, but to talk about the therapists doing their own healing work on the journey. Um, and then to, they also encouraged us to take off of work Monday. Uh, <laughs> okay. I didn't get that. So <laughs> yeah, uh, the folks I went with and I went through the EMDR Institute. And so, you know, and the people that I was working with at the time, there was a big recommendation to take off and don't just go back to work on Monday because it was a lot um, to process. And that is to say that EMDR is a whole thing. That's what I like to tell clients when I'm introducing it, is that it really is a whole thing. So, yeah, I'm excited to unpack more of this with us today. So EMDR, what I really enjoyed about it was it's an evidence-based protocol, the Francine Shapiro actually experienced results herself before sort of writing the, the eight-phase protocol. 
So let's just kind of go through and talk about what the protocol is, and then we can talk about uh, strategies there as clinicians we may have used uh, in, our, in our practice. So EMDR, what does it mean? Eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing. In 1989, Francine Shapiro called it EMD, eye movement desensitization. And it was changed at that time to add reprocessing, which we call now as clinicians adaptive information. So reprocessing means you take a memory. Uh, so eye movement is they use bilateral stimulation of the right and left sides of the brain to move information. So it's an information processing model, right? Then they desensitize it, which means it reduces the effect on your body and emotions. But what she missed was this reprocessing. We retake that information and reintegrate it into an adaptive experience, a part in the brain that is good, powerful, resiliency. We've heard a lot of times that word. And so she added that word to sort of give that flavor of changing the memories <clears throat> to where it doesn't cause disturbance in our body and emotions. So that's kind of how it started. And then go ahead, Tamir. Yeah, so I think what you're sharing is really powerful, right, about Dr. Francine Shapiro and talking about her and giving all praise and credit and all the things to her, right? Because I know for me, Kathy, her story really, really uh is a part of the passion of why I share. Now, I know that there's lots of things out there about the phenomenal Dr. Francine, but the story that got me about what interested me with this beautiful therapy was the fact that she was already a re researcher, right? So she was understanding already things about the brain and body, but that how she, just like how we go through things, she was trying to take a walk or take a break in the park, trying to just recoup or what have you, yeah. and started doing the bilateral movements with her eyes as she's sitting there and then notices this right and so and yeah her originally up and down movements not left to right so what she began was noticing it was up and down movements and then it was reframed now to left to right um, which makes sense when you look at the um, left and right hemisphere hemispheres of the brain but what i didn't say to you tamara was that i think it's very important that we talk about clinical self-care she was actually trying to you know, do something for herself to be able to work on this inner place that we have as therapists, right? And that's one of my most powerful stories from basic training is we have had to do it too. When I did this, this was my experience. And that really aligns with patients to be able to let them know that you're a partner in the process uh, with them, right? It's not just the therapist giving them skills and leaving. It's a partner in how to go into the memory and keep them safe, right? And I think that that's the part that, you know, when, when we listen and we talk about therapy, right? I think it's really important as we're talking about the bilateral stimulation and the movements and everything to really help people who may be new to this to understand how the mind and the body works, right? That EMDR in itself is a holistic therapy. That means that we're taking a look at the, the brain and the body, right? And looking at the impact of how certain life challenges that we've been through, um, how oftentimes those things can um, have an, an impact, right, on the brain and on the body. And one of the things that I thought was interesting in me getting this journey, and y'all, I'm two years in, so 
I'm still learning, right? But what has really, really changed my life and being on this journey of becoming an EMDR therapist is recognizing the power of the brain and the nervous system and how critical focusing on those points and addressing that in therapy. Because I know for me, I was helping and seeing clients and, you know, on the journey, you, you're trying to <laughs> figure out what's going to work. Like you said, we get all these trainings, CBT, DBT. Mm-hmm. But then I know for me, I was using it while I was having some successes. I was still seeing and hearing my clients talk about a lot of their you know, just inner suffering. And so, and I think that that's where EMDR also holds a, um, it's just a game changer, right? It's just a game changer. When I think about it, when I think about it, you know, I've had to have, I always say to my consultees, you have to have an EMDR experience and know your why. So when I started, when I had done basic training, I'd done my consultation. um, The way I kind of began blooming as a therapist was, I want, I heard about a protocol. Now I know it's Kitty O'Shea's pre-verbal protocol, but I didn't know what it was where you can go back in the womb to pre-verbal uh, trauma to be able to readjust and readapt that. I And so that's where I started asking my consultant those questions. And then that's how I began to learn. I can modify from the basic training. If you know what you're modifying from, and that's what I say to my consultees as certified therapists, you now know how to adapt these skills that you learned in basic training so that you know what you're adapting from. So really when we take the brain, really EMDR takes the brain, takes the memory, we look at the thought, emotion, body channel, we assess where the disturbance is, then we are able to look at the memory, uh, figure out a selected memory or belief, we identify negative and positive cognition, emotion, body sensation, how distressing it is, then we are able to go through, we use eye movements to move that information processing in the brain till it's no longer a distress to them or ecologically sound. Then we are able to go through and install that. We call it install, but basically strengthen that positive belief with that resolved memory. We scan the body to be able to release it in body and emotion. And then the target we call target and therapy, we call it a goal is complete. So I can actually say to people, this is complete, right? And it moves it, the information through so much quicker and faster and the results last so much longer. Um, and when I can do my EMDR intensives, I had a patient and he resolved 60 years of trauma from a six-year-old memory in three hours in an intensive. I just, wow. that's the magic, right? I just can't let that go. <laughs> no, that, you know, and that's huge. And, and so how would you say Right. I mean, because it's just loaded. EMDR is such a love how you, you know, just talked about the journey of it and where we often start. And then now talking about some of the benefits of doing it. Right. Because you have we got people I mean, like, you know, we all have been through different things, different situations and adversities in life. And there are some people who've been through some really tough things and have done the best that they could to try to overcome or work through or get beyond, you know, all the things that we yeah. as humans want to do. Um, but, it, you know, and to hear that you can have a client who has been carrying like over 20 years worth of pain and that you can help them in a matter of four to five, six different sessions to clear out into 
unclutter and untangle themselves from that particular moment in their lives is breathtaking. And, and, and oh, yeah. yeah, it's, but I want to hear from you, like when it comes to, you know, the process on how we're able to do that. Right. Okay. Um, how do you determine, like if somebody who is new and they don't know anything about mm -hmm. EFDR, right. Yeah. How are you able, to, how are we able to say we can take a person who's living with this amount of trauma and reduce it like in four sessions or what have you? Well, this is kind of <clears throat> how I start with patients. Like I just say, I'll introduce EMDR. I have a really good book by Deborah Korn and Michael Baldwin. Um, Every memory deserves respect. So I have them start reading that book, have them orient themselves to that book, which has these things called storyboards in the middle of the book that are just really good images and snippets of EMDR. And it has little headlines on these images. And I really like that because it's not just a book that patients read. They can see it. We can go back to it. We can talk about it. It just really prepares them. So it's a psychologist, which is Deborah Korn and Michael Baldwin, which is a patient. And he was receiving EMDR therapy. And um, the person that was seeing him said, he said, can I partner with you to write this book? He said, no, I can't because I'm your therapist. But so he went and found one. He found Deborah Korn and she introduced the resource development installation protocol about 20 years ago. And so she's really good at resourcing. And so they came together and, and did this book. And so I have them start there. And then I really just let them know when the patient comes into me, this is a process. Okay, here's the theory, here's the theoretical frameworks, here's the phases. Some people don't need to know that, some people do. So I kind of gauge where they're at. And then really, I just say, let's take a look at your brain. And so I say, you know, we do interventions in EMDR. Um, I kind of use this metaphor. I say, listen, the mountain is the memory, okay? We're gonna go up the mountain, we're going on a quest. <laughs> We're taking all the tools. And so I say, we're on the beach. Okay. We're on the beach. We're going to go up the mountain. We're going to go to all the stations. We're going to go to the station that starts fires, the medic, the cook, the map, how to, how to do a back, how to pack a backpack. Um, and we're going to go to all the stations. They all don't have to fit, but you're going to know what tools are in your backpack when we take them up. I'm the guide. So we're going to go up the mountain. I'm the guide. I'm going to tell you where the good places to rest are, where the good places to eat are, where do we go, you know, let's avoid this tree, or this is a really good cave we can go into and just stop, stop and rest. We might need to put up a tent here. And so as we're going up the mountain, I say, that's my role. Your role is to guide the journey within those parameters. And I'm going to tell you where the risks are, where we need to stop and rest, but you're, you're in charge. And that really just gives them a sense of empowerment, doesn't it? To be able to look Instead of the intervention coming from the therapist to the patient, try, you know, try some coping skills, try to put a cold washcloth on your face, try to do these activities and these skills. It's let's work with your memory. When they figure out what's in their brain, they can install something that's already there or enhance it. It's just so relieving because their brain's actually doing the work. So I, I kind of work with that. And that's what the resourcing component is, is assessing, can they process, can they use imagery? Can they, do they know what their nervous system is? And you're making all those assessments at the clinician before we select a target and reprocess it. Because the whole idea with the MDR is you don't want to overwhelm that nervous system. That's sort of where I start and how I introduce it. And I don't necessarily say, this could be done in four sessions. We'll say, we'll take a look at your brain. We'll do these interventions. 
Um, but we'll just kind of have to see where you're at in time, right? You know, and I love that. I love how you mentioned because ever since I have built, you know, dove in, is that a word, you know, further into EMDR, I've become a huge lover of the brain and body. And one thing that I love to share with the clients that I work with is I like to talk to them about how their brain and their body has been serving them all of their life. And yes. how you know, been carrying and doing things all in the effort to help them to survive. And so when you share with them, I help them to say, let me take a look and let's learn about your brain. What I notice is that so many people, Kathy, it's amazing how, <laughs> how we are living and walking around in these amazing bodies. And the first yes. time you mentioned their brain, they're like, what? Okay. But then when you start breaking down to them, how the, how this all works, how EMDR, just like how you know, the body wants to heal and naturally moves us towards healing. The mind and the body wants to do the same thing, right? Wants to naturally move us towards healing. And what I mean by that is in thinking about some of the clients that we work with and how they face some of those challenges and have tried, right? Have tried so hard to try to move beyond it, but we've got to get the brain in and we got to check and see, right? To take a look at that. One thing I tell my clients now is we got to get your brain in the wind game and just like how sometimes you know how sometimes you can you can have um maybe a fuse box or a light bulb or something that yeah. out because you've been using it too long how yeah. we can take a look at the brain and that kind of essence as well to be able to help your brain come back online or rewire itself yeah okay on the journey. that's why i named it rewire 360 because it's uh like you can rewire your brain and come full circle. I was originally going to go with living full circle. And I thought, let's go with rewire. That's really what I'm trying to do. But really, when we're looking at EMDR, we're really looking at the window of tolerance, introducing uh, tools and skills so you can feel safe and secure when you venture, venture into the file room or the memory network in the brain. So in order for this to be successful, you're a witness, right, to your own process in your own brain. It's not the therapist giving you these tools and skills and you coming and saying, oh, these don't work. It's you're a witness to your own brain, all three channels, mind, body, and emotions. You're a witness to those. And so by doing this and listening and thinking to those channels, you gain separation and perspective on those and how the how they function and that we don't need to be defined by those. They're just thoughts. I had a patient today. I said, listen, when that thought comes on that you're not enough, just say, it's not your turn. I don't have an appointment with you and Kathy till next week. <laughs> you know, many of you know, I have a six-year-old and three-year-old. So I do a lot of those redirecting like, oh, no, it's not your turn. And they separate it other than that creating this identity disturbance, right? Or I can't do this skill. Yes, you can. There's been so many wonderful things in resourcing. I love resourcing that people are like, wow, that, that works so well. I'm like, look how responsive your brain is. Isn't that great? And then we're able to hold that and process that through as facilitators of information. We're the facilitator, right? And I think that that's the amazing part, right? Is that first of all, um, it's just EMDR is just an amazing therapy. You know, not only is it amazing, I know that, um, you know, as we talk about just, you know, what it is, right, and what it is that we do, how we get our start in it. I love something that you share, too, and helping 
clients to recognize and also for us as therapists that really it's the client's brain and body that's doing the healing right and then it takes a little bit of that pressure off of us as clinicians of yes. trying to figure it all out. You know how we have these incredible human beings that sit in front of us. They're telling us their story, right? And with EMDR, the thing that I realize is that, you know, um, it comes with these cutting edge tools. I, call, I tell my clients they're cutting edge because most of the times when we're getting ready to use imagery and some of the things you talked about, maybe some of the tapping and things of that nature, clients uh, haven't had those experiences. So they kind of look at with the side eye. Yes. But, um, and, and I, but, you know, and I say all that to say that I think that it's just amazing to be able to be a part of such an empowering therapy that we're helping our clients to understand that, look, we hear, we see, and we understand you face a lot of things, right? We want to take a look at how some of those things have impacted your brain and body and are stopping you from living your best and amazing life now, and then give you the tools, right? And the, the reason that I also call them cutting edge, because these are not just spur of the moment tools, right? These are really resources. These are skills that our clients can take away and that it, as we teach it to them and they learn to do it, they can take care of themselves and they'll know what to do when they're not in session with us. That's, yeah, that's the window of tolerance, right? I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Um, when you talk about this cutting edge protocol, um, I know that you have some experience down where you're at in Texas. I'm in Idaho with some people about uh, the the cutting edge, the beliefs, the sort of myths of, and stigmas about EMDR. I went to present at a conference and they were saying, if this works so well, why isn't it more well spread? So I wanted you to speak to that, but I also wanted you to speak to your African-American community and some of the beliefs as you're trying to figure out your demographic with the populations you're working with. There are also maybe some other beliefs there. I know we've talked about it, but for our listeners, could you elaborate on that? Well, you know, what I found, and I mean, and just on this journey as being a therapist and moving into where what I believe is now where COVID has blessed us to move ahead, we're being able to do much, a lot of things through telehealth, right? And so one of the things as a as a rising therapist in our industry that I'm learning is that people just are not comfortable. You know, they have the challenges with trust, which is so understandable, right? When you've got human interactions or relationships where maybe they try to to speak or use their voice or maybe they they try to do something and maybe they go well and then they face judgment shame or whatever the beautiful the thing that i'm learning right is about number one therapy for people of color is already um it's it's a challenge to get here you know because again you know it's the whole opening up and trust factor um but then when you throw in something like emdr which i love telling my clients i say listen i do this now this is a strategy everybody may not want to take away but I do it. And because one of my things, one of my passions is about helping my clients to embody. In other words, we want to get you here in the now and helping you to um, heal the relationship with your body. So at my core, I really believe in holistic approaches to therapy. Now, with that being said, there are so many people who are living, but they're not aware, right? They're not aware of the importance right. of the body. The body doesn't become important until it gets sick or it's breaking down, just like our minds, <laughs> right? We don't yeah. see sometimes people wait until their whole life is broken down. That's a little snippet that 
that say we don't have to wait until things get so bad to reach out for help. But one of the things that I do let them know is that, listen, I'm so sorry that our public education system did not connect the dots for us and told us to use our brain and then not mess it up, but they didn't really help us to understand the, the, the role that you might our brain and our nervous system play in our ability to carry stories, what we believe, right? And so one of the things I've witnessed with some of the clients that I have that are African-Americans that have said yes to the MDR, and they're like, how is it and why is it we haven't heard? One of the things we need more therapists, right, to invest, okay? How do you get access? Because this is not like people going to wake up and readily accessible information if you're not in the field of psychology or mental health. So what does that mean? In my view, we need more, uh, we need more therapists talking, sharing, um, uh, educating on what EMDR is. And that comes back to us being willing to get on the path. Right. Because I tell my clients, I said the, the founder of EMDR, Dr. Francine Shapiro, it wasn't her intention to leave folks out or what have you. It's just that we need other people to recognize right um, the power of this therapy and also be willing to invest Okay, it is big. It is a whole thing. It's yeah. not like going back to college. However, it's one. It is. Right? Yeah. It is. It's That's why I named it EMDR University because I was like, what? It is a whole experience. So I say all that because you know, for the African American community, seeking help is already tough. Right. And we, we can come up with so many different stories and examples of why it's hard for people of color to reach up and ask for help. But the thing that I have the honor of asking or, or sharing now with my community and my little four corner of the world is that as a BIPOC therapist, I found a therapy mo modality that not only validates who we are, but it yeah. validates our experience in a big big way and then one thing i wanted to share with you about that you really hit on was this idea of culture cultural beliefs the narrative we hear in common terms today and um the beauty one of the beautiful things about emdr is that you can really diffuse that um relationship by letting them know listen you're coming to me as you are i accept you i receive you i'm here with you and at the same time, you don't have to tell me the story. So that's one very important critical piece in EMDR is um, and other trauma interventions that we would come to, they would they would have the narrative, the thoughts, how did you feel about it, the CBT realm. And here, you don't have to tell me the story. Just tell me your symptoms. Tell me where they are in your body. We're watching it on a train. You don't have to describe the train stop and the train and the inner nature of it. You don't have to do that. There's been so much relief in the nervous system because people were saying, oh, I don't have to relive it. No, don't tell me the story. We work on the worst part of it. You desensitize that and we move forward. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is such an awesome experience. So that can really create safety in people who are hesitant to engage. In Idaho, I have a lot of uh, ranchers, uh, cowboys, those kinds of things, and they're very hesitant as well. And so it takes a lot of uh, introducing what mental health awareness is. We um, unfortunately have one of the highest suicide rates out here. And so we're really trying to create an awareness. Um, so there's a program here called the J Foundation. And what they're doing is they're building suicide awareness 
um, one of the, the founders, uh, his friend died by suicide. And so what they've done is they have this suicide awareness um, protocol where you come to the facility, they call it a boot check, and you go through and you um, you get a pair of boots at the end. They give you a pair of cowboy boots, and their whole idea is to have everyone in our area wear cowboy boots, and they're gifting the high school students cowboy boots when they graduate. That's their initiative this year. So really, it's just um, a lot of education about and demystifying uh, the mental health treatment. Right. And I think that that is wonderful. And I think that that's amazing. Right. And in, in us looking at what is EMDR um, and, and how it helps or who it helps. And the thing that I appreciate, and I know we'll probably have to come back with a part two for this conversation, right, is looking at um, the fact that the honor I have now is that I am able to share with clients in a way, and I connected often, Kathy, to things that are important to them, like their vehicle, right? I say, you know, your vehicle is so important to you and that if the check engine light stuff comes on, you're going to go and take it to the experts and have them check it. Okay, this is the same thing you're doing with your mind and your body. You're saying, listen, I see a check engine light on. Maybe that check engine light is I've been super irritated lately. Maybe it's been I cannot stop ruminating over something that was painful and then it's started making me have nightmares about something I went through when I was little. Whatever it is, I, I am presenting the EMDR healing pathway as just in fact as a journey in a journey of helping things, helping you the same way we would take care of those cars, right? So they can keep moving forward at an optimal state, that we get to do that for ourselves in a very real way um, through this amazing practice, you know? And so it's it in the benefits of it is something that I said that you shared, which was the fact that number one, uh, they are in charge really of the journey and the process, which I think is amazing, right? Because the therapists were kind of taken where we are in fact the guide, right? We're going traveling alongside of them of the path and pointing things, but they're the ones who are actually getting the real life healing and experience and recognizing um, the connections between what they've been through, their brain and their body. And then they're able to move through and such a way, right, that isn't so um, overwhelming, I guess you can say, that isn't um, so painful, you know, or as they say, when you got to conquer uh, the thing that you're trying to confront, but you're doing it in a backdoor kind of way instead of trying to just face yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about our upcoming episodes, um, what we plan, what we plan on doing with the, the podcast, Tamir and I, uh, called it journey through the eyes because we really believe that people can change their brain. And this is a journey um, through the eyes of the therapist, through the eyes of the patient, through the eyes of the business owner. So we're going to talk about uh, coming up. We're going to talk about grief, um, EMDR and grief. That's what I do. And then we're going to, uh, Tamir has a whole coaching business. <laughs> so she's going to give us some juicy details on that. We're going to have some business um offerings as well. So I'm teaching therapists how to create their own business offerings. I have a free EMDR huddle that you can join. If you want to just have questions, I have a free business brainstorm. So if you have questions about how to do your business, there's a rewired 360 group. Uh, we can do consultations, those kinds of things. So those are kind of what's coming up. Do you have anything else that comes to mind? We're talking about upcoming episodes, Tamara. 
No, I'm just looking forward to all the things that you listed and, and to be able to share more so that, you know, our listeners can really, really connect and get the things that they need, especially from the business and the huddle and all the other things. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to when we come back so we can share more about that. Yeah, so we're we're on the track. We're starting this podcast. We want to thank you for uh, joining us on the journey and launching this podcast. It's been a labor of love, and uh, it's been so fun to have someone to do it with. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I manifested Tamira. I asked, I said, I want to do this, but I need some momentum behind me. And here comes Tamira. <laughs> okay, here we are. I'm yeah. so excited. And so I am so excited and, and so grateful, right, that we're able to have these amazing conversations to be a, to be able to help and support not only not only the aspiring clinicians of EMDR, but also clients who are trying to better learn and make the decision to get on the EMDR pathway with a therapist that they are greatly matched with, right? So I'm yes, so glad yes. that we have this conversation today. Okay. Well, thank you, listeners, for uh, everyone. You can find Tamira at Arise counseling and psychotherapy right i didn't know the whole name uh mine's rewired 360 the emdr university you can find us on facebook you can find us on our website we'll put that in the notes and we'd love to have you join us again uh, please share with your friends like and share we love that and we'll talk to you next time see you next time bye friends <laughs>